Super exciting times here, and uh, if we had met, my name is Ryan, lead pastor at New Hope, and I just want to say welcome home. Welcome home. Some of you, this might be your first time back in the building uh, for three months even, and uh, hopefully it feels good just, just being back and seeing faces and, and visiting and seeing smiles. It's, uh, it's a gift to all be making progress and moving in this direction here uh, as we are regathering. Hey, uh, whether you are uh, here or in the parent room back there, I just want to ask that you would uh, do something with me here this morning. Might sound a little silly, but we're going to do this. Would you just take a deep, deep breath in the nose? Maybe hold it out the mouth. Doesn't that feel good? Sometimes <laughs> we go so fast and so hard, even just doing that, it's like, that was nice. Why don't I do that more? And, and I don't know about you, but coronavirus has impacted all of our lives to some degree, hasn't it? I mean, uh, for some of us, maybe not as much as others, but but um, maybe for some of you, life got busier. Maybe for some of you, life changed in such a way that when all this hit, especially around mid-March or so, um, things just ramped up for you, and, and you feel tired. You just are pushing hard. But maybe for others of you, when the coronavirus hit, it had such an impact in your lives that, that where you were running crazy and running hard, it stopped everything, and you realized how exhausted you were. I mean, either way, and I don't mean like just like tired, but like I'm talking about like deep in your bones, exhausted. You know what I mean by that? I mean like where, where, where daily life is like you, you get up and it's like American Ninja obstacle course, like the grind of just, okay, I'm going to power through, survival mode, get to the end and just get the kids to bed because I'm ready to go to sleep, right? That's that kind of pace in life that sometimes we find ourselves living. In fact, I was joking last service. I mean, if we, if we dim the lights here this morning, cover the shades of the window, put on some soft ocean music kind of thing, and handed out blankies and said, hey, look, we're going to start the sermon series with a nap, some of you would be like, woohoo, like best day at church ever, right? Because that's where a lot of us are at. This is, this is what it's like for us. And this is actually our story, too. Our story is one when 2020 kicked around. We have four kids. They're all active. They're all involved in, in, in different things. And we were the family that was running you know, here at New Hope, uh, uh, other business ventures, and the kids. I mean, all of it was just culminating to my mindset as we were going through January and February was just get to spring break. If I can just get to spring break where the kids have a break, we had a couple days carved away to get out of town, slow down a little bit. That's my posture. That was my mindset. And we made it. We made it to spring break, got in the car, got away. And as we were away, that's when everything shut down. ADM shut down, you know, social distancing and beyond that, stay at home and all that kind of thing came into effect. And we came back from spring break to a whole different world, a whole different reality. All the kids' activities are canceled. They're all home doing school, maybe, online, right? They're all there and, and things change with us. And now I'm working from home. And we found ourselves like in the same house and together and we started playing games and puzzles and watching movies together and, and having dinners where we were actually all around the same table at the same time. That was kind of novel and pretty cool. And we actually loved it. We loved it. Don't love the coronavirus, but I love that. That was fantastic. And now as things are beginning to open back up and activities are starting to happen and, and kids want to get involved in things and things are changing for Laura and myself as well, we're asking ourselves the question, what happens? Because the thing is, we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to that pace of life and the way that we were living before. We're asking ourselves, how can we do this differently? How can we live different? See, this sermon series called Rest that we're starting here 
it's not, it, this is not just for you. This, this is for me. And I really put myself at the front of the line here. That, that I want to get some things under control in my own life. That I want to look at my own life rhythm. That I want to take some time to examine where, where am I at and where are we at as a family. And is the way that I'm choosing to live life a way that honors God. And what does the Bible say about this topic? This is something that I want to do. And, and I know that's so easy to look at our surroundings and say, but you know what? Culture honors fatigue. Like our culture honors busy people. That's what it pushes us all for. We live in a 24-7 cycle. It never stops. But I don't want that to be an excuse. Not for me. Not for us as a family. As my, as my wife Laura often says, you are where you are in life because of choices that you make. And the choices that we're making are not ones I think we want to continue to make. And so we're asking some hard questions. We are in our household. And maybe, maybe you are in yours as well. Or if not yet, maybe you should. So I want to welcome you to rest. And by the way, is this a cool stage design here? This whole thing that was built, and, and it just highlights all the different areas of things packed in these letters that get us busy and caught up in life. And, and we, we, this, this sermon series is for anybody here that you, are, that you are tired, anybody here who feels burned out, who feels worn down, for anybody who's living under the illusion that you can live life at the same pace you've been living and think it's all going to end up okay. Because it's not. I want to say something. It's not a fill in the blank, but I think this is really important to set the stage for the entire sermon series. And it's this. It's, it's this idea that constantly tired is a spiritual problem. Did you catch that? Constantly tired is a spiritual problem. And in this series, we're going to go deeper than just you need to download this new app and rearrange the schedule and get a new day timer. I mean, that may, we'll, we'll be talking about some really practical ideas, but it's actually deeper than that. It's more important than that. There, there's more to it than that because what, what we're talking about exhaustion, constant daily pattern living exhaustion, that's a spiritual problem that requires a spiritual solution. And so I'm very excited for this sermon series. I'm personally very excited to be challenged and to make some changes. And I want to encourage you, and maybe you say it this way, double dog dare you, to also have the courage in your own life to examine your own rhythms, to examine your own patterns, to examine the ways that you prioritize and choose to live, and ask yourself, is this really what God has for me? Am I living the way God has designed me to live? Or is it time to make some changes? I think some good changes are going to come out of these next three weeks. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to lay a theology for rest. We're going to talk about what it is from a biblical perspective. And then in the coming two weeks, we'll build on that with lots of practical ideas and lots of practical solutions. And so today what I want to do is, is look at what the Bible says. It turns out the Bible says quite a bit about rest. The Bible talks about rest all over the place. But what I've done is I've taken all of what Scripture says, Genesis to Revelation, and pulled it together into three key ideas, three big ideas that you and I need to know. And these are foundational. And what I mean by that is if we miss these three ideas, that nothing else that we talk about in the coming two weeks is going to matter at all. It's really not going it's, to, it's like rearranging furniture on the Titanic. It's not going to make a difference. We've got to get these three ideas down. We've got to absorb these ideas and start to live them out. And so hopefully you have your bulletin on the back side is where we're going to get started. We're going to be in the book of Genesis to begin with, and we're going to jump through as we move through Scripture there. But um, let's go ahead and get started. Here's your first fill in the blank, the first place we're going to be in the book of Genesis. It's this idea. Here's number one big idea about rest from Scripture. It's this, that the Lord modeled 
rest for us. The Lord modeled rest for us. Now, in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, Genesis, very first book of the Bible, we see right at the beginning, God created the physical universe. And the way it lays it out there is, is it says that over the period of six days, excuse me, seven days, God did this work. Six days of work, one day of rest. Now, we can, for another time, talk about does day refer to seven consecutive 24-hour periods, or are we talking about an age? That's a question for another day. But regardless, you see this pattern going back and forth of it was evening, it was day, and it was good that God created it. Six days he worked. Then we get to the seventh day, which is in Genesis chapter 2. You'll see it on the screen behind me there. Here's what it says. But by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so that on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, this is really interesting because God doesn't get tired, but he rested. God worked for seven days, created over uh, six days, excuse me, and then on the seventh day, he carves out this time. Now, in the, the Hebrew here, that word rest is where we get the word Sabbath. You've probably heard that word, Shabbat, is how it is in Hebrew. Sabbath means to cease and desist. It means to stop. In other words, God took a break. And you know what else he did? Look what also he did in the scripture. He did two other things. Second, or next, he blessed the day. And hear what this means when he says blessed. It's actually a different definition than our last sermon series. Remember when we were in the Beatitudes and we say, you know, blessed are, that kind of a thing. That meant happy. Here it means something different. Blessed here means to honor or congratulate. That's what it means here. And so, so God, he did one thing. He, he honors this day. And the next thing he did is he made it holy or set it apart for special use. So the big idea pulling it together here is that God, on this seventh day, modeled setting apart an honored time to rest. Often this is called the Genesis rhythm. Six days of work, one day of rest. This is what he models for his people. Here's point number two. Not only does he model rest, the next one, the Lord commanded that we rest. And specifically, Old Testament, I'm going to go to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are uh, well known, and this is the place that we see this introduction of this command to rest. Commandment number four in our list of ten is this, and let's just read from the very first place it's mentioned in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 10. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor any male or female servant, nor any animals, or nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Now what's interesting is we have the command listed, and then what comes in the next verse is, is we see, it answers the question, why does God call us to rest? You ever wonder about that? Okay, all these commands about Sabbath and rest, like why? Why are we supposed to do this? Well, he gives us the answer in the very next verse. Look with me at what he says. He says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it, and here again, he made it holy. In other words, what it says here is that God is saying, Look, Israel, my people, keep the Sabbath because that's what I modeled for you. I set this example for you. This goes back to the very first point. Keep the Sabbath because he modeled it. He set it as holy apart. 
Now, what's interesting, though, now hang with me here, is the Ten Commandments are mentioned in two different places. Exodus, and it's also mentioned in Deuteronomy. Now, the commands are the same. You get to the fourth command of the Sabbath, the command is exactly the same. But what's interesting about Deuteronomy is it gives a different answer to the question of why we should do it. In other words, it gives us a second reason why we should keep the Sabbath. Let's look at this one now. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. It says, remember uh, that you, now this you is Israel, remember you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out uh, of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So what's he saying this time? He's saying, God's saying, I want you to keep the Sabbath, not just because I modeled it for you. I want you to keep the Sabbath because I want you to live different. You're my people, Israel. And as Israel being God's people, God's chosen people, he's calling them to live different. He's essentially saying, look, Israel, you'll look around you to all these other nations that you're surrounded by. And they all work seven days a week. But I'm asking you to do, I'm commanding you to do something different. I'm commanding you to only work six days, rest one day, and trust me for the difference. Trust me. Trust me that you'll get more accomplished in six days than in seven. And so here we see pulling it together. Why the Sabbath? Because God models it and because God is calling us to be different. And if you look at Israel's history now throughout the entire Old Testament and into the New Testament, Israel took this really seriously. I mean, they did it. They, they carved out as a legal day of rest, Friday from sundown to Saturday sundown. And, and every good Jewish man and woman, boy and girl, would rest. They would practice the Sabbath to such a degree that religious leaders over the years and decades would add all these extra rules on top of it, making it actually quite a burden. When Jesus comes, Jesus as a Jewish man, he observed the Sabbath. He would do the exact same thing, but push back on all those extra biblical rules, and that's where all the conflict came when you get to the New Testament about the Sabbath. Now, here's what's important to kind of bring this full circle to us, because we're not Israel. And if you think about it, we don't, although God modeled rest, Sabbath, and, and, and commanded Sabbath, we don't talk about Sabbath much, nor do we talk about carving or requiring legal in your faith that you carve out 24 hours of your week to rest. We don't do that, do we? There's nothing of that in the bulletin. There's no expectations about that. That's not what we do. So why is that the case? Why as Christians is it different for us? When you get to the New Testament, things change a little bit. Specifically the Ten Commandments. You know, the Ten Commandments are, are in the Old Testament as we just read. But when you get to the New Testament, all the commandments are re-echoed or recommanded again in the New Testament, except one. One commandment changes. One commandment alters, and that's our fourth commandment, the Sabbath. That commandment, though it's talked about, is talked about in a different way. And this is what's really, really important as we think about, well, how do we live this out? What does this mean for us? Now, the key passage, and I'm just going to give you a couple of verses from it, but Hebrews chapter 4. And on your own, you can go back and read through this chapter, verses 1 through 11. And it lays out this theology of rest. And what it does is it bridges for us Old Testament Sabbath keeping as a legal 24-hour requirement of faith to what is a New Testament picture of what God has for us. That's the difference. And so what is this? What is this transition? What happens during this time? 
what happens is, is that rest for the Christian is ultimately found in Jesus. Rest is found in him, not in the practice, the legal required practice of this 24 hours. Let me share with you a verse or two verses from Hebrews chapter 4 that pulled together the argument of what this chapter is saying. Now, hang with me. This is theology, and some of you are like, woohoo, I love theology, and others are, you know, I don't know, your mind's drifting. But just hang with it. It will pay off here as we keep going through this. Here's, look what it says here. It says, there remains then, this is the conclusion, then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. That's referring to you and I. This is referring to the church, to Christians. And what it's saying is there's a Sabbath rest for us. It has not gone away. But it's going to see, you're going to see it's different. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God for anyone who enters God's rest. Now, this is through faith in Jesus also rests from his work just as God did from his work. All right, so what's the point? The, the point is this, is that the Sabbath in the Old Testament is actually pointing to Jesus. The whole practice of the Old Testament of 24 hours in, in resting and doing this legal requirement actually points to the experience that we have in Christ. In other words, and this is, by the way, good news here, is that we don't have to work for God's approval. And we don't have to just experience rest as a day of the week for 24 hours, but then we go about our week as normal after that. We don't have to do that. We get to experience Jesus' rest every day of the week. In a sense, the rest that we get to enter, the rest that we get to enjoy, is found in our relationship with Jesus. He's our rest. And he's the rest that we get to live out and enjoy every single day. Which brings us to our third point. Here it is. Next fill in the blank. It's this. That Sabbath rest is all about Jesus. It is. The theology of Sabbath is really found culminating in Jesus. This is why Jesus says these words, which, by the way, is a promise. And for some of us, we need to cling to this promise. Jesus says, come to me all, anyone, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He will be the giver of rest. And some of you, you're like, I am both of those. I am, I am weary, and I feel burdened. And the invitation is there, and Jesus, the promise is there. You come to me. I will provide what you need as you come to me. We get to, we can enjoy this every single day. Now, does that sound exciting? I mean, this, this is a significant transition. This is a significant thing for us. But I still think, though, that there is a sense as we get into this rest sermon series where it's like, okay, I, I, I get it in terms of like rest is in Jesus, but I want to know how to live daily life. Like this isn't really answering the question I have, I feel. And we're going to get there. We're going to get to lots of ideas and specific ideas for how to live this out. But as we close this morning, I want to give us a couple different applications to apply to your lives starting now. And these are really important because everything builds on this. And as I mentioned earlier, if we miss these ideas, if we miss these two actions points here, then nothing else that we do after this is really going to matter. So we've got to get these two right here at the beginning. So you next fill in the blank here. A couple action steps, and then we're going to close, uh, close with, with worship here uh, this morning. Here's the first one. Begin a relationship with Jesus. And this simply means just if you have not yet 
entered into a relationship with Christ, this is where it begins. This is where it begins. That true rest is found in salvation. True rest is found in connection or relationship with him. And until you and I or anybody finds their peace and their ultimate soul rest in Christ, that person will continue to search and search and search to be filled somewhere else. They will be constantly, they will be constantly living in a state of unrest because Jesus is our source of rest. He's the one that fulfills all of that in our lives. He's the one. It's found in him. Ultimate rest comes in him. And again, until we get this right, until we have that relationship, saving relationship with Christ, nothing else that we talk about after this matters. So that's number one. That's foundational. Here's number two. We need to begin some new habits, don't we? We need to begin to think about our daily lives and to begin to think about adding or taking away, whatever the case may be, some new habits. And specifically this morning as we begin to close, I just want to call out the idea of not only having a saving relationship with Christ, but having a daily relationship with Christ. And what I mean is this. There is a difference between I believe in Jesus and I'm walking with Jesus. Those are not the same thing. And let me use an example for my wife and I, Laura, we are husband and wife positionally. That's where we, where, where we are and, and who we are. But that alone says nothing about the quality of our relationship, does it? Our marriage could be great. Our marriage could be horrible and everything in between. And similar with Jesus, and, and, and just think about your own faith, it's like I could, I could acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, but that acknowledgement alone doesn't communicate anything or much about the quality of my relationship with him. How is your relationship with Jesus? Uh, you know, uh, over the last three months, we haven't had a lot of face-to-face. How's it been for you? And, and, and how is your walking with him? Because maybe for you, maybe, maybe where you're at is like, do you believe in Jesus? Absolutely. Are you walking with him and, and enjoying him in daily relationship? Eh. We don't talk much. Church is boring. Bible's got a lot of pages. I don't know. You know, you're just not quite feeling it, not quite into it, or it's been a long time out of habit, whatever the case may be. There's a world of difference between the two. And what I want to encourage all of us is we think about here just getting started. It's not just about having a saving relationship with him. It's having a daily relationship with Christ. And how is that going for you? I want to encourage all of us that it might be time to slow down, to take a deep breath, and get some time with him. Because again, true rest, it's not about rearranging your schedule. We'll get to that later. True rest comes in your relationship with him. And until that's right, nothing else really matters. And nothing else in terms of rest or balance or purpose or priorities or living like uh, you feel like you're, you're on mission with a sense of purpose is really going to fall into place. It won't. It starts with relationship with him. So what do I do? What do we do? Here's your next and last fill in the blank. My encouragement for all of us is that you pick a time to rest, then you protect it. You fight for it. You pick a time that works for you. Um, 
Maybe for you it's Sunday. Maybe it's another day of the week. Maybe for you it's a full day. It's a half day. It's an hour. It's 30 minutes. It's you got young kids and you got 10 minutes to take a shower and grab your Bible and read a couple of verses and that's it. I mean, life is different for all of us. Whatever it is, you carve out those moments and you grab a hold of them and you don't let them go. And I, I, here, I guess what I'm saying is this. Fight for your schedule and lead it. Don't let the tyranny of the urgent move you around. Don't let, it, don't let others, or, or whatever the case may be, move you to such a place where you're so out of balance that you don't have any time to spend with him. You need to, you, you need to fight for this. If you think things are just going to naturally get easier, or people won't ask you to do X, Y, and Z, or you think culture is going to let up and so we won't be so busy, no, it's not going to happen. We have to make this decision. We have to fight for time to enjoy and to grow in relationship with Christ, don't we? This is something that you and I need to do. I have a time, and I protect that time. Do you have a time as well? So here's what I'd like to ask you to do. On your bulletin, before we go, because I think if we don't do this, it may not ever happen, would you now, would you write down your time? When is the time for you that you're going to carve out, protect, and say, this is my time with Jesus? And nothing else gets to interfere with it. Is it early morning? Is it in the evening? Is it carving out over a lunch break? Is it, is it on the weekend? Is it during the week? There's freedom in this. This is not legalism. This is just a matter of you freely picking a time and saying, this is my time. And this is the time I'm going to enjoy him, and I'm going to rest in his presence. I would encourage you, write that time down now. And then protect it. Because we need this. See, you and I, we, we need a time to follow God's example and live different, don't we? we? We need a time to humble ourselves and be reminded of our limitations. We need to be reminded, we need a time to remind ourselves that your value and mine don't come from your accomplishments, your successes, or what you produce. We attach our value so much to those types of things, and rest reminds us of that. See, rest reminds us, too, that when you take time to rest, you see that the world just gets along just fine without you and me. It keeps mowing. It keeps rotating around the sun. The world gets along just fine. And rest helps us do that. Rest is a time to, to find enjoy, enjoyment in simply being with the Lord. And rest is a time to remember that there is a God, and we are not him. We're not him. So I want to encourage all of us to get time this week. Take a deep breath. Grab your Bible, cup of coffee, or whatever you like, and just enjoy time with him. And it will begin to change your life. And, and as we think about rest, as we think about this idea of rest, I, as we before we close, and the worship team's going to come up here in just a moment, but I want to like last week, call out that we are, we're a nation right now in unrest, aren't we? We're a nation right now that's it's in turmoil. We, we, we have coronavirus and, and all the questions and confusion and, and experiences we've had with that, and then we've got financial struggles, and, and now you add to it anger and, and violence and, and racial questions and, and protests and, and, and lack of civility and how we interact with each other. There are so many layers to what's going on in our world. And I know a lot of, a lot of people interacting with, with people, it's, the question is, well, what do we do? Like, how do we respond to this? And just as the church, and, and I want to encourage all of us 
to view prayer as a first response and not as that if I get around to it, I'll pray. Because, th- th- look, these are times, again, of unrest. But coming before God and recognizing that the solution to the problems that we're dealing with are not first and most political. Yeah, it's part of the, it's part of the conversation. But we're not going to legalize our way out of this. This is a hard issue. And we need God to show up and change the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. And so we've done a couple things, or are going to be doing a couple things. The first one you may have seen on social media. Maybe some of you are on board, but if not, I just want to invite you to it. Starting some point last week, we, we called out or invited anybody we could to join us for, for prayer over the course of nine days. That you would, you would carve out nine minutes a day for nine days and that you would pray. And, and you say, well, what's the big deal with nine? Well, nine was the amount of time for that incident that took place in Minneapolis with the cop and George Floyd. That took place over nine minutes. And so carving that time out to say, I'm just going to pick a time, and I'm going to protect it, and I want to pray, that's a big deal. W- would you do that? Even though it's already started, we're on day four or five or something like that, just would you jump in, though, and say, you know, I want to be a part of that, and I, I want to pray. You can find that on Facebook or Instagram. And then we're doing something on the ninth day. The ninth day is Wednesday. And this Wednesday on Facebook Live, in our Explorer class online, we're going to open up a forum, and we're going to be talking about race. What does the Bible say about it? And we're going to be talking about civility and how to have civil discourse and conversations with people, something that we have lost in our culture. And we're going to take time to pray together, and we're going to interact with your questions as well. And so I would invite you to Wednesday night at 7 p.m. It's in your bulletin. You can read about it and join us online on Facebook. But these are ways for us as a church to not ignore it, to not say, well, that's something outside the walls of the church. We just deal with things inside the walls of the church. Not at all. We are the church here on Sunday morning as we gather, and we're the church as we scatter. And as we scatter and we go about our workplace and our neighborhoods and our friends and our family and all the places, we want to be light, we want to be salt, and we want to make be a voice and make a difference. And so I want to encourage you to that. Uh, one last thing. We're going to take some time right now to pray. And what I want to do is, like last week, is I want to carve out just a little bit of time, for you to come before God. And again, pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, pray for what's going on, pray for your own heart. This is your time with God. And then what's going to happen is after a bit of just time for prayer, a video is going to start playing. And this video has a little bit of a backstory to it. We've been waiting for a time to, to play it, if you will, and this seems like the right time. But during the coronavirus time, over those months, this building, well, obviously it was empty. And I will tell you, it was a little weird to be in here when it was empty. It was odd. It was hard to not see you face to face. And so um, my son, Sean, had this, this idea. I'd actually asked if the worship team would play a song. It's called Even If by Mercy Me. A lot of you probably know it. If he would do it on a Sunday morning, well, Sean had a different idea. He said, can I actually do something different? I want to do something that becomes a bigger gift to not only here at New Hope, but even the community. And so the worship team came together, and Jake Kimball with his sound expertise, and Hannah video, and, and it, just, it just pulled together this video project that we want to play for you. And the song is, is we kind of come out of prayer, and you can, you can just keep praying, or you can watch the video, or just close your eyes and just hear the music. But I really want to encourage you to listen to the lyrics, because the point of the song is, 
is this. It's called even if, and, and the idea is that even if, fill in the blank, even if personally life is not okay, or even if we as a nation, I look around and it just feels scary or confusing or what in the world's going on, even if that's the case, there is a God on the throne. And he's got this. He has this. My favorite line in the song, the one I want to just highlight for you, is it says, he says over and over again, my hope is in you alone. And as you leave here this morning, and you watch the news or you don't watch the news, as you go about your daily lives and you're impacted and wondering how things are going and what's happening, can I just encourage you, even if, no matter what, keep your eyes on him. Our hope is in him alone. Because again, the answers are not man-made solutions. This is a heart problem that we have to address as a nation. And so, again, I want to invite you to prayer, and then we're going we're gonna to watch this video and just kind of take it in. And, again, it's your time just to enjoy time with him. And then the worship team will be on the stage, and we'll close this out for this morning. Let's go ahead and pray now and just enjoy your time praying to him.
Cause I know 